WSL, Charlotte Sports Live. Right now on Charlotte Sports Live, reaction or overreaction? We break down the big storylines from preseason game number one and tell you if there's reason to be concerned. Plus, we'll look back at all the great interviews from training camp and look ahead to the Panthers and Giants game coming up on Friday up in the Big Apple. And with that, we welcome you into Charlotte Sports Live. Grace Grill and Gabe McDonald with you here for the next hour where we will unpack the Panthers' preseason loss to the Jets and more after we've had a night to sleep on yeah, things. Everybody's, we've gone to bed, you know, we've recovered. Hopefully fans, you know, there was a lot of chirping on Twitter last night. Guys, pump the brakes a little bit, relax. We're going to give you just a little bit of a thing, a little bit of optimism here over the next hour on Charlotte Sports Live. And, of course, with their Panthers coverage, we got NASCAR visiting the Brickyard, and we catch up with former Brave star Andrew Jones. But, of course, we have to get back to football because we are the home of the Panthers and not exactly the start to the preseason that Panthers fans wanted to see yesterday in Uptown. Shut out by the Jets at home 27 to nothing. Bryce Young played three series, going four of six for 21 yards. Then Matt Corral took over the rest of the game. He had two turnovers. Now, the offensive line really struggled, so much so that Coach James Campen called an impromptu meeting after the game in the offensive line. They were the last guys to get into the locker room. Now, on defense, the Panthers allowed Zach Wilson in New York to dink and dunk their way down the field, and they gave up a few big runs as well. Overall, average performance on that side of the ball after so much hype. Yeah, so looking at the final numbers, 199 total yards for Carolina. New York just shy of 350. 68 plays for the Jets, 48 for the Panthers. That led to some lopsided time of possession. Carolina did not enter the red zone once on Saturday, while New York got there four times. Coach Reich certainly not happy about getting shut out, but says it's not the end of the world, at least not right now. You don't like getting shut out and getting beat 27 to nothing. Um, but I have a lot of years in this league that tell me that preseason, you know, preseason scores aren't the most meaningful thing. So uh, not that we're not accountable for that. We are. But it's not the most important thing right now. It's just not. We're trying to evaluate our team. You know, we're trying to, you know, some of it is, you know, Listen, this is by design. I mentioned this the other day. You know, we're very generic now. We did nothing, you know, in our scheme, nothing. And that's not an excuse. Um, I expected us to do a lot. All right, so after hearing that from Coach, it's hard to say what this Panthers team will look like come week one of the regular season. We turn things over now to Mike Lissette to give us the next day reaction from all the big moments from Saturday. Saturday's 27-0 loss to the Jets was tough to watch. But is it time for the Panthers to panic? I don't think so. That's the short of it, but there is plenty of room for improvement. Just ask rookie quarterback Bryce Young. Starting with myself again, there's, there's things that um, I definitely could have done better. In all fairness, he's probably being a little hard on himself. A top pick from this year's draft went 4 of 6 for 21 yards. Underwhelming? Absolutely! But at least we now know the guy can take a hit. That pocket's collapsing and he's going down. When it comes to quarterbacks, though, the Panthers have a much bigger concern. We'll have to look at the film overall, you know, to kind of weigh and see why we didn't score, you know, why we didn't get the ball down in there more often. Intercepted at the end of the game. We are looking at you, Matt Corral. For a guy who hasn't played in almost a year, the Panthers' backup, backup quarterback looked, well, like a guy who hadn't played in almost a year. Now fully recovered from a bad foot injury, Corral was unquestionably rusty and ultimately 
It might have hurt his market value should the Panthers try and trade him before the start of the season. Corral gets stripped. By now, we've established Carolina's offense was bad, but it would be incorrect to assume there weren't issues on the other side of the ball, too. Being honest is the biggest thing that we got to do. We got to be honest with ourselves. And if we're really being real here, well, the defense left a lot to be desired. Rolls it out and throws another touchdown. Granted, the Panthers play without several key stars, including Brian Burns, Justin Houston, and Frankie Louvu. But it seemed like almost nobody embraced the next man up mentality. Even without Aaron Rodgers, the Jets' passing attack went 23-30 for 192 yards and three scores. Throws and wide open touchdown. However, all of these issues are small potatoes compared to what we saw in the trenches when Carolina had the ball. You know, obviously we had a little too much pressure at times. That is putting it mildly. New York got to Carolina's quarterbacks five times, an especially glaring statistic considering the Panthers' offensive line was supposed to be a big strength. On Saturday, it was most certainly not. We evaluate everything. We'll grow from it. Definitely cause for concern, but all is not lost. For just like Rome, or even Charlotte for that matter, these Panthers were not built in a day. Michael said, Charlotte Sports Live. Told only like our Mike Lissette can. That was fantastic. You can put me into that category of the people that overreacted. I, I was hot last night over it because I was so excited. Like, I've been down there at camp. We watched this. You have a good vibe. I like the coaching staff. Everybody, right? For them to not score. Yeah, it's bad. That and was get, my the biggest disappointment. Either. I think that was the thing, too. Not even getting into the red zone. Like, you, they've been so good in those situational periods as well, showing, up, showing us what they can do. When they get there, unfortunately, they, they didn't get to show that yesterday. But I think it's, you know, let's not jump off the cliff just yet. I think there's obviously some things they need to show up. We need some more offensive line depth. I mean, yesterday we all saw Kay Mays, you know, throughout camp. Yesterday, a pretty rough day. Michael Jordan coming in the second team. I think if they can get – because we know Austin Corbett's going to be down at least for a few more weeks, no timetable, and when he's going to be back. You want to make sure that spot is solidified. But even at the tackle spot, I think that's probably the big thing. That's what I really want to watch for in practice tomorrow is those guys, how they respond. After having that, you know, quote-unquote, come to Jesus meeting right after with Coach Campin, <laughs> I want to see how they come out and respond because they said it's not good enough. you got to show us something on the field. Too. Yeah, and I appreciated what Frank Gregg said after, after the game because yeah. I came in and I was just like – I think we all did. We were like, what was that? So he came in and he said – we kept it very generic. We right. did that by design. And I said, okay, I understand generic, yeah. but come on. And eventually I want to see them peel back the layers of the playbook a little bit more so they can kind of ease into that scheme once we get the season underway here in a few weeks. But there's your assessment, Panthers fans. And even with the loss, the excitement for this season wasn't dampened at all on Saturday. Queen City News reporter Sidney Heiberger talked to some very optimistic fans in Uptown yesterday. Game number one. Let's go. It was back to B of A Saturday afternoon for the Panthers preseason opener. And while the tailgates may have been smaller, fans say the excitement was the highest it's been in years. It's not really a, a big tailgate because it's still preseason. But the excitement, training camp, everything's a lot more hype. I haven't experienced the hype like this since we drafted camp. That excitement due to one word. Hope. We're just not going to say what we did uh, last year, you know, <laughs> for the last two or three years. And that's thanks to a new coaching staff and number one draft pick quarterback Bryce Young. I, I'd love to win the division. I think that's a, it's a, it's a stretch maybe, but you know, 
anything could happen. It's wide open. For some fans, it's the lesser known names that have them excited for the preseason. I follow pretty deep, so I'm most excited about the guys that are really trying to make the roster, trying to make that 53-man cut. Uh, so there's a lot of guys right there on the edge this year. You know, I just want to see how they do. I want to see how they shine today. For these friends, playing the Jets divides the house. But who are you pulling for? Um, Panthers. That's right. So why are you wearing a Jet shirt? Um, he made me. <laughs> he made me. That's right. But even they can't deny the changes the Panthers made in the offseason. I, I will say I think the Panthers' second and third strings are a little bit better than the Jets right now. We poured a lot into the first strings. Sydney Heiberger. <laughs> Queen City News. Everybody has that hope this time of year. We got one preseason game down and two more to go up next. Carolina travels to Jersey to take on the Giants. It's a Friday night kickoff at 7. And the preseason wraps up the following Friday back here at home against those Detroit Lions. All right, the NASCAR Cup Series continues as the window gets smaller for drivers trying to clinch their spot in the playoffs. The last two weeks, Chris Buescher has kept victory lane all to himself. But this week, a new driver is heading to the postseason. So let's go on and head out to Indy. A beautiful look at the Brickyard in Indianapolis. Great day for racing. We begin on lap two. Joey Logano bumps Justin Haley off the track. He crashes into the tire barriers. Logano sends Haley off the track and into the tires. Haley able to continue the race, though. Lap six. Logano bumps teammate Ryan Blaney from behind and loses control in the middle of the track. Logano would continue the race as well. All right, later, Michael McDowell cuts in front of Daniel Suarez on the inside turn to take the lead. McDowell would hold on to win stage one. Lap 37, McDowell makes the early jump in front as Hamlin pits. McDowell dominates the final stage and wins the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard in Indianapolis, his second career win. Oh man, this is such a dream come true. I'm, I'm so thankful to everybody at Front Row Motorsports, Bob Jenkins, uh, Horizon Hobbies, Love Shop Soft Freight Auction, Chicago Pneumatic. Man, we had a fast forward in Mustang. Uh, everybody at uh, Grouch Engine Shop, Doug, uh, these, these guys gave me everything today. We had the fastest car. We executed, we did what we needed to do. Uh, just so thankful. All right, so here's a look at the top five finishers at the Brickyard. Michael McDowell kisses the bricks. He led 54 laps and clinches a playoff berth. Chase Elliott less than a second away from his own playoff berth. Daniel Suarez, the pole winner in this one, he finishes third after a less than ideal late hit. Tyler Reddick, Alex Bowman round out the top five. NASCAR heads to Watkins Glen next weekend. Gabe, just two more races left in the regular season Playoffs for these guys. Be here before we know it. All right, well, we know the Panthers think highly of their number one pick, but how does former MVP Aaron Rodgers feel about number nine? We will hear from number eight next. And the Panthers' defense will go as Brian Burns goes. Agent Zero is on the cusp of being one of the top edge rushers in the entire NFL. And before he embarks on the most important season of his career, he talks to us here on Charlotte Sports Live. All right, and the NBA 2K ratings are out for the Hornets, but did the makers get it right? We have our thoughts coming up a little later on in Quick 6. You are watching Charlotte Sports Live. We'll be back in two. Well, it's out with the old, in with the new. Consider that the theme for both the Panthers and the Jets entering a new year. Both teams finishing 7-10 and 10 last season. But you know what? Just forget about all of that because both now have new starting quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, a future Hall of Famer, acquired via trade, and Bryce Young, the number one overall pick. Both joining teams that were in the bottom 10 last season 
in total offensive yards. And it was a case of game recognized game down at joint practice on Wednesday. Jets QB Aaron Rodgers is a fan of Panthers quarterback Bryce Young. During practice, Rodgers had his own first team offense to worry about. But after, Mike Lissette got the football legend to explain what makes Young so special. Seeing how he's a four-time MVP and a Super Bowl champion, Aaron Rodgers is someone who commands respect. I mean, A-Rod is A-Rod. And so, when a future Hall of Fame quarterback speaks, we listen. And he had quite a bit to say about Panthers rookie Bryce Young after the Jets' first day of joint practice with Carolina. I've known about him for a long time. Uh, I love watching him in college. I like his demeanor. As it turns out, two share the same agent. So Rodgers knew quite a bit about Young's skills. I like his movement. I like the way he throws. So I think uh, Carolina's a good answer. One thing the soon-to-be 19-year NFL vet knows is how to produce a lengthy career. And he had this advice for Young, who's about to enter his first. It feels like every little snap and practice is the end of the world if it doesn't go right. It's just not true. It's a long, uh, long journey. It's about holding on to your confidence and enjoying the ride, enjoying the little things every day. Solid words from an NFL legend. Want a possible legend in the making? Heard loud and clear. Just for him to take the time and to come out and to say something again, I was really appreciated. So um, again, I have the utmost respect for, for him. It was a tough first half for the Panthers against the Jets, but the third quarter, something good finally happened for Carolina. It was Sam Franklin with the takeaway from Tim Boyle. Gotta break that tackle though and get to the crib, my man. Afterwards, Franklin offered his takeaway of the game when he spoke with me. Well, let's get the man that made the biggest play on defense for the Panthers today on CSL and the man who always brings the juice. We see you in the social media videos, Sam Franklin Jr., the safety. First off, that mindset and just, you know, you come to work happy every day. Where does that come from? Um, you know, some of the older guys, you know, they just installed that into me, having a great positive attitude because you never know what the next person might be going through. So I try to come in, try to be the same guy every day, um, try to give my energy to other people, even like when they don't feel like it or like when it's not a bright day or it's not a hot day. You know, I try to come in and be that guy who everybody can be like, OK, look, Sam's lit. Let me add it. Let me turn it up a little bit to match his energy. And today, man, I mean, just making that big play, the interception, what you see right there and just take me through that and got to be able to break that tackle, brother. <laughs> oh, man. Um, they was running a lot of three-by-one with three yeah. on the ball. So, I mean, it was quick game a lot of times. So, you know, I just alerted the secondary. Um, my guys covered really good. Um, the inside backer was inside on it, and then he just happened to throw it outside. I was there. And then, you know, he just got a score on that. Can't get tackled by a quarterback. It's crazy. Yeah, not at all, man. I mean, obviously, you probably get some extra work on the huddles, but on the hurdles, rather. But the same we threw today, obviously, not the result you guys wanted, but preseason opener, still getting the kinks out. What do you think this team and this defense got out of this first game? Um, they were pretty good um, when we lock in, we don't beat ourselves, and, you know, we play good football. I think we just need to do the basics a little bit more um, and then do it a lot better than we did today because those are going to be the key things when we get to later down in the season and then we got to call a run stop. We got to be able to run that precisely and make sure we execute it to the highest level. So that just shows we got to do a little bit better. I mean, we had great practices this week, but we got to translate that to the game. And then today, even getting back there, making a tackle for a loss. You know, last year, made a name for yourself on special teams. How do you think you fit into this defensive rotation and what kind of case do you feel like you made today after this game? Um, you know, we got a lot of great guys back in the back end right now. Um, so. You know, I'm just trying to make it harder for the coaches a little bit to, you know, really pick guys. But at the end of the day, 
um, we're all going to play. We're all going to have a chance. It's a long season. Um, that's not our main focus. Our main focus is winning games. So, I mean, if I get in, I get in. But my main thing is to make plays when I get in there and to make plays on special teams. And then going back to the drawing board next week, getting ready to hit the road to face the Giants. What's the mindset going into that one, going into that second preseason game next week? Um, we 0-0 again. I'm trying to get the 1-0 this week. Um, our biggest mindset this week is, you know, execute all the way through the week. Find a way to finish things. Um, I feel like we just finished our start well last week. So we got to start well and finish every game. Sam Franklin, appreciate the time, man. No, thank you all. Guys. Well, Brian Burns, I got to watch preseason game number one on the sidelines, but don't expect them to take it easy once the regular season gets underway. Number zero goes one on one with us coming up next. And Charlotte FC's League Cup run was messed up by Messi, but there's still plenty to play for down the stretch of the MLS season. We debate the crown's immediate future coming up in quick six. Well, the Panthers defense has a new formation to it, but let's look at how they stacked up last year with the rest of the NFL. They allowed around 350 yards per game, putting them towards the bottom at 22nd. 22 points per game, that was in the middle of the pack at 13th. And a number everyone hopes to see shoot up is 35 sacks, which is also tied for 13th in the league. And we're back here on Charlotte Sports Live, 13th in sacks. Definitely a positive to build on. Brian Burns, a career half, 12 and a half sacks last season, but you got him to a second straight Pro Bowl, Grace. Yes, and Agent Zero got the number for the back of his jerseys, but he's looking for a few more of them on his checks. He joined Will Kunkel earlier in training camp to talk about getting a long-term deal done. Brian Burns, my man, number 53, nope. <laughs> number zero, one, is zero even a number? Is it a number? Yeah, like, is it a number? It's... The beginning and end of everything. <laughs> Such as Brian Burns. Why the number switch? Uh, like I said, I never really chose 53. kind of chose me, but I, I felt like it was pretty cool to be the first Panther in history to, to wear zero. What's different about this team? You and I were kind of just catching up on the whole fact that Frank's here. You guys got new coaches everywhere. You got some new players and quarterback included. I don't know if you heard about that. But what's different about this building and the attitude coming out here this year? Um, I would say it's the, it's the experience around the building, uh, the experience in the coaching. Uh, experiencing the in the vets that that, that we've added the, the new additions to the team I feel like it's just a better it's a better feel more professional feel and uh, I feel like guys are really honed in on what we need to do this season what are the expectations for you in this new scheme because I look at this scheme and I see a lot of disguise I see a whole lot of another way other ways to use athletes like you like Jeremy Chen that weren't being used in the past I can say it what do you see for yourself this year that you weren't able to do in years past I feel like it's going to be definitely more opportunities to get out the quarter, quarterback from different angles. Uh, you know, not just being stationary, you know, in the four-point stands, I'll be able to move around and show different looks and uh, be able to blitz from different places. So I feel like that's definitely going to open up some opportunities for me. Getting Von Bell, I think it's one of the most underrated signings in the NFL. Also, Dante healthy, mm -hmm. JC healthy. What does Vaughn and that secondary, of course, being healthy mean to you to be able to get to that quarterback? There's a lot of talent and experience in that secondary. They really want to hold it down back there. I believe in Vaughn and X and Chin and, and JC and D-Jack and CJ. All right, we got we, <laughs> the list goes on on the talent that's in that group. And uh, I really believe in those guys, and it's my job to, you know, make their job easier. What does Vaughn bring a defense? Uh, it brings a lot. Uh, experience, IQ, but definitely an enforcer. Uh, Vaughn will hit. Will, you on TV? Yeah, you're good. Vaughn, Not will, live. Vaughn will hit you. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Young, obviously stole all the headlines, number one overall pick, smartest guy that's ever played in the NFL. He's already got a gold jacket. What do you see from him, though? Uh, he handles it well. Uh, he handles the pressure and the 
all the hype and everything that comes with it. He handles it well. I don't feel like anything's too big for him, for real. For now, I mean, I haven't seen, like, we, we have a long way to go. We got a long season, long everything. But as how, how he's handling it now, uh, I'm impressed. As a rookie and, and with all that pressure being the number one pick, I'm impressed. The haters say he's too small, mm -hmm. that too many balls are going to get knocked down. You're a defensive end. How do you see that being a detriment to him, or the, how does he beat that and overcome it? The haters call me too small. Hey, there's <laughs> ways to get around everything, you know what I mean? So, but uh, like I said, even in OTAs, I, didn't, I don't remember him having too many balls batted down. And uh, we got some tall guys on our line, including me, Yitor, Derek Brown, 6'5 and up, Henry. So we got some tall guys on our, on our line, and he hasn't had any balls batted. So I Final, think right. final year of your contract. I mean, a huge year for you. If you don't sign, you can go out and get the whole bag. If you do sign, you can get maybe what's owed to you now. What's kind of the mindset going into this process? Uh, I'm leaving all my trust in God and, and my agent. Um, I feel like they're doing a good job. We've, we've, we're having good talks, uh, hopefully getting to get something done because uh, I definitely want to be here. I definitely be with my guys. And, uh, I mean, I'm just leaving it all in God's hands. Finally, why are you here? Like, you could hold out. A lot of guys hold out in this situation. Why are you here in the hot summer, in the sweltering heat of Spartanburg? I couldn't, I couldn't miss out on my guys. Uh, like, and I said, like, I miss OTAs. Like, I miss ball in general, but I miss being out there with my defense. And uh, like I said, like, we got, like, a, something special going on. I feel like everybody, like, everybody feels this way around. Every team feels the same way around Hope. this time. You feel what I'm saying? Around this time of the year. But I know that I'm a big key to whatever we got going, and I got to be here. It's time now for Quick Six. We've got Mike Lissette and everybody's favorite, Andrew Brightman here. We got a full crew tonight, so let's put two minutes on that clock. Andrew, you will do the honors of going first. How should Panthers fans feel about Saturday's loss? Obviously, losing your first preseason game 27 to nothing isn't great, but again, it's just the preseason. Both the 49ers and the Buffalo Bills last year got shut out, and they both had great seasons. Think of it this way. Sometimes I'll shoot one of my practice threes over the backboard, getting ready to play the CSL guys, but then when I hit a three right in Mike Lissette's face and he falls like Craig Elo <laughs> to the floor, all that matters is game time, baby. That was one of the all-time great <laughs> answers here on Quick Six. All right, Mike. <laughs> Hornets 2K ratings are out. Did the game developers get it right? Well, if they were doing Andrew, they'd probably give him a 99 based on that answer. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually, Joey, our producer and I were discussing yesterday, and I was within, I think, five or six points within each one, so I think they nailed it. Mark Williams maybe a little high, but for the most part, they did great. All right, Gabe, Charlotte FC's League Cup run is done. They have 11 MLS matches left. How many will they win? I think they will get four. I think they'll have four wins, maybe a couple draws, and the rest losses. I know we saw a lot in the League Cup, but you got to get back to the regular season games. They're going to be a lot more competitive, so I give them about four wins or so. All right, Andrew, which sport has the most important preseason? You know, I'm going to bring it back to the NFL, not for the final okay. scores during the preseason, but how the players perform leading up to the regular season, especially when it comes to our number one overall pick, Bryce Young. You want to get a good feeling now, especially getting him ready to start week one. Many times I've heard in the past, you always can get a good feel during the preseason how individual players will perform. So don't worry about the score so much, but how does our top players look heading into the season? All right, Mike, what Panthers player would make a good wrestler? That's a good one. A lot of guys. I think Bradley Bowes would be good. He's got the body. But Icky, we know he's got that, that theater background. I think you throw in the physicality. 
I think he'd be a great wrestler. So you're thinking WWE wrestling. I'm thinking like... I think that's what we were going with. We're not talking about Greco-Roman with me. All right, Gabe, real quick. What's an overrated concession stand? I'd have to go peanuts. I'm not a big fan. Give me a hot dog, burger, some pizza, some good chicken strips. I think peanuts, you know, they're just a little overrated. Just not my favorite number. And no Cracker Jacks? Cracker Jacks are okay, but peanuts, can't do it. All right, so the Braves, they have outscored the Mets 34-3 to through three games already this weekend. Could they finish off the Big Apple beatdown with a sweep tonight? That is on deck. Back here on Charles Sports Live for the rest of the half hour. Let's check out a former Panther playing today, Sam Darnold, fighting for the second team spot with the 49ers. Darnold with the 38-yard dime here in the third quarter against the Silver and Black. But the 49ers, yeah, a tough loss out there in Vegas in their preseason opener. Now let's move down to the Big Easy, my neck of the woods, the Saints hosting the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Derek Carr, who was in Vegas last year, fitting in nicely with New Orleans, played just the opening drive, going six for eight for 70 yards and a touchdown. The Saints actually come back and hold on to get it done 26 to 24. Remember, NOLA comes to the bank on week two for Monday Night Football. And in case you missed it yesterday, we have an old friend alert. Former Panther DJ Moore had an impressive debut with the Bears. Just one catch that you see right here, and that's all he needed. Went for 62 yards and a touchdown. P.J. Walker and Deontay Foreman also saw Tom in the field in Chicago's preseason opener. All right, so the Atlanta Braves have the best record in baseball and an 11-and-a-half game jump on the NL East. And that lead continued in Queens this weekend as Atlanta looked for the four-game series sweep tonight against the Mets. The Braves have outscored the Mets 34-3 to through three games this weekend. And they've already got the bases loaded here in the top of the first. Marcel Ozuna takes that one to right. It would be a bases-clearing double. Guys, nobody is better than the Braves in the first inning. On the season, Atlanta has 116 first-inning runs through 117 games. They are up 3-0. Mets had a big fifth inning, though. They scored six runs, and they lead it here in the seventh. But the whole Braves lineup can rake. It's actually kind of ridiculous. That's Sean Murphy, Murphy with his 20th home run of the season. 114 off the bat. Braves now have six guys with 20 or more home runs on the season, just to put into perspective how dangerous this lineup is. Speaking of dangerous, Matt Olson leads not only the Braves in home runs, but the league. That is his 43rd of the season, but the Mets hold on to win it tonight, 7-6, to six, and they avoid the sweep. So I just mentioned Matt Olson, right? He might have some competition for NL MVP, but there's no question about this. Olsen now leads the league in home runs after hitting two yesterday, and he entered today with 42. We just saw him hit his 43rd home run. He passed Shohei Otani, who had previously led in long balls and occupied that top spot of the leaderboard since June 17th. Olsen on pace to hit 57 home runs this season, which would break the Braves' single-season record of 51 home runs that was set by one Andrew Jones back in 2005. Yeah, and speaking of Jones, he was part of some pretty good Braves teams there in the 90s and early 2000s. Our Joe Morano actually got to catch up with him at a Knights game this past week. We're here now with Atlanta Braves great, 10-time gold glove winner Andrew Jones. What do you even do with 10 gold gloves? <laughs> I don't know, lucky enough to get one. But um, I know, just when you're trying to be the best you can be and, and work hard on, on, on your craft and be consistent and those things happen. So... Um, no, just go out there and, and, and play hard and, and, and trying to help your team win and, and, and trying to save some run for your pitching staff. 
You talk about being the best. The Braves right now are playing some of the best baseball we've seen. 30 some odd games over 500. We know about the 27 and 4 stretch to end the first half. You've been on a lot of these Atlanta Braves great teams in the 90s. How different is the mindset when you're going into the clubhouse every day and this whole team is in a collective group? Well, I mean, I mean, I'm, I can be more proud of this group that we have, um, you know, this year. Um, even, you know, the year that we won the, last, you know, the, the 2021 championship, uh, you know, they're electric. They're electric team, they're electric group. Um, they're going out there, they want to play every day, and that's what I like the most about um, you know, it was, uh, that was remind me of when I walk into the stadium, I put that uniform on, I'm going to be ready to play every day. So, um, you know, the whole lineup play every day and they go out there and do the, do, do the business that they need to be doing. And we can see how it's working out right now. I mean, they, you know, they got the best record in, in, in MLB right now. Uh, and, you know, just trying to win the game and, and, and get to the promised land. Yeah, and Ronald Acuna Jr. plays a big role in that right now. He's got to be one of the most complete players, not named Otani, I think, at the moment. How fun is it seeing him get out on the base paths and not knowing what's going to happen next? Yeah, I saw that kid at, at 18 years old, 19 years old in the minor league, and when he was swinging the bat, I knew it was something special because the ball sounded different off his bat. And now that he's putting everything together, we know he, he has speed, but he's getting smarter on the base now. So... Um, you know, he's putting everything together. He's a, he's the best player in the game right now, and um, you know I'm proud of him. I'm proud of the, the the player he is, the person that he become, and you know we're just trying to keep him healthy. How about your accolades, though? Too the Braves are going to retire your number, and then also the Hall of Fame ballot. Your percentage keeps ticking up. Do you pay a lot of attention to that stuff? And how excited are you for next month when the Braves retire your number? Well, first I'm I'm, I'm super. <laughs> honor to, to get a number retired. I mean, it's 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 one of those things that um, you don't dream about, to be honest with you. You just dream about playing the game that you love and, and, and be successful and, and, and make a great career of it. Um, but for a team to recognize you and, and honor you by retiring number is something very, very special. We'll never, never forget. Going up there with Mr. Hank Aaron, you ain't much to say about it. But after that, you got guys that you play with for many years from Chipper to, to Greg Maddox, uh, Glavin, Smoltz, and you know, you name them, you know, all Hall of Famers and you know, to get up there with Hall of Fames, um, it's, a, it's a great honor. All right, Andrew Jones, one of the best ever do it for Atlanta. Congrats to you and all the success uh, moving forward here next Thank month. You. <laughs> well, Panthers second round pick Jonathan Mingo wasted no time establishing himself as a key part of the offense throughout training camp. We go one-on-one -on -one with the big target out of Ole Miss coming up next. And picking Bryce Young and the Panthers to win the NFC South is the trendy bet here in the preseason. But do the sports books agree? Mike Lissette examines the odds when we come back here on Charlotte Sports Live. Well, here's one way to make the 53-man roster. Javon Wims getting open with the little toe tap. He's part of the loaded Panthers wide receiver room. Wims had two receptions for 23 yards against the Jets yesterday afternoon. And fellow receiver Jonathan Mingo was on the field for just eight offensive snaps in that preseason opener. He did not have the catch, but big things are expected of the second round pick this season. And during training camp, he went one-on-one -on -one with our Carla Gebhardt. You got to go ahead and get this out of the way because you told Steve Smith that you had to redo your rookie song in the rookie talent show. Was it really that bad? No, I just picked the song that nobody know. So <laughs> I went back up the second time. I got, I tried singing Charlene by Anthony Hamilton. I got to a course and I fumbled, so I got booed again. So I, pay, I finally passed last week on my third try. So third time's a charm. Well, 
What was the third song? Uh, I, I went with I Got This Record by uh, J1. It's a Mississippi song, so they didn't they couldn't know I messed up or not because it's a Mississippi song. They don't, know anything, they don't know anything about it. So That's a smart guy. All right, and then you also did get to talk with Steve Smith, and he kind of passed the torch to you. How special was that, just to kind of have that moment with such a legendary wide receiver? Uh, you know, it was a blessing. I've been looking up to Steve Smith my whole life. Uh, I feel like he's a Hall of Fame receiver. I love the way he played the game with passing and attitude and, and demeanor, so it's a blessing to get to talk to him, chop it up, just talk ball and life with him. You really got to spend some time this offseason kind of making that connection with Bryce Young. How has that developed even more so since you've been in camp and been down here in Spartanburg? It's been going good. Just trying to uh, just get our time down each and every day, even through the mistakes and everything. Just try to keep working and work on it after practice. We make a mistake during practice. So just trying to fix the little things. We also heard Coach Frank Reich just a moment ago take the podium, and he talked about the wide receiver room, how impressed he's been with all of you guys. But he says that each guy kind of has their own superpower and, and what they bring to the, the wide receiver room. So what do you think your yours is? Uh, I think I'm just versatile. I feel like I can do everything. So I just feel like my superpower is I'm an all-around guy. You've also said that Terrace Marshall Jr. has kind of been a go-to guy for you to maybe ask some questions. How have you seen him progress and really maybe kind of step into a little bit more of a veteran leadership? Uh, I just watched Terrence, the way he moved. Terrence don't really talk, Terrence don't really talk that much, but he always worked hard. Uh, always the last one off the field. Me and him, I was doing extra work at the practice. He's always talking to me and just telling everybody how they can critique their route or just talking to coach and seeing how he could have ran his route better. So Terrence just love to work. So that's definitely somebody I look up to. Yeah, and very successful career with Ole Miss in college, and now you go into your rookie season. What What's the goal for you? What How are you approaching this season for yourself? I'm just trying to produce and just help the team win. So we're just trying to produce on every opportunity I get and just make the most of it and help the team win. So, man, I want to win a Super Bowl. So I haven't won a championship in high school or college, so I want to win a Super Bowl. And you also got to watch a high school football practice after, or I guess during practice today. How how was that for you? Did you kind of maybe have some flashbacks to when you were in their shoes and now you're playing in the NFL, got a Panthers jersey on? How special was that? Uh, that's pretty dope because I feel like I wasn't in high school. It made me feel old kind of <laughs> I know I'm a rookie, but I feel like I was just in high school yesterday. So just trying to uh, take it in, just seeing how time flew by, just seeing all the high school kids, just being fun. You know, when you're in high school, all you got to worry about is school and football. You know, football, that's what everybody looks up to, looks to. So it's a different role once you're in the NFL. It's your job now. So they got it way easier right now. So I just make sure they enjoy it and enjoy the process. And you're just 22, right? Yeah, I'm just 22. Okay, so you're not old at all. Jonathan, we appreciate you. All right, thank you. All right, well, there's lots of optimism surrounding Carolina this year, but they still aren't getting any Super Bowl love. Plus 7,000 to win it all. That's third best in the NFC South. Guess it's up to the guys to prove Vegas wrong. But what about other odds involving Carolina? For that, we send it over to Mike Lissette. All righty, so yes, those Super Bowl odds are long, but when we zero in on the NFC South crown, things are a bit better for Carolina. These odds from DraftKings Sportsbook. Panthers plus 400 to win the division. Vegas gives them the best odds to finish third at plus 210. Saints, you see them right there. They're projected to finish first and are plus 120. Next, let's go over here. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Bryce Young, surprisingly not the favorite. He's plus 500. Falcons running back B. John Robinson is the favorite. Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Jameer Gibbs, they round out the top five. Finally, look all the way over here. Let's look at total wins right there. Carolina plus 550 to win six or seven games, which means the betters think six and 11 or seven and 10 are the most likely scenarios.
Thank you, Mike. So let's start there. Do you really think that Carolina is their best in the NFC South? No, they are not. I think I would put them at second behind the Saints. I think the Falcons, I mean, I know they're there. They have all the weapons and everything. You got Drake London, Kyle Pitts, but Desmond Ritter's their quarterback. Haven't seen much out of him. I don't know if I really trust him yet. I think the Panthers right now, even with the rookie, I think they have a better roster all the way around and a much easier schedule as well. Well, I think even with the rookie, I think outside of the Saints, yeah. like Atlanta, they don't know what their quarterback situation is exactly. like yet too. Um, six wins? I give them about eight or nine. This schedule is very, very easy. I mean, right behind the Saints as far as the strength of schedule, I give them about eight or nine, maybe even ten wins. So we'll see. You heard it here first. All right, up next, we go one-on-one with another member of the Panthers wide receiver room. We've got Derek Wright when we come back. But first, realignment rumors continue to fly across college football. We're less than two weeks out from kickoff, and we are all excited. And the latest talks actually involve Florida State out of the ACC. Their president has already said he will consider leaving the conference over revenue distribution concerns. We will see, have to actually see if that happens in the near future. we got more CSL just ahead. Well, not a whole lot to like about the Panthers' passing game against the Jets, but we did find a silver lining. 14 different players with a catch on Saturday. Carla Gebhardt caught up with one of them who's fighting to earn a spot on this team. We are here with wide receiver Derek Wright. Really went three for three for 35 yards tonight. How good did it feel to just kind of get back into this game and play some football, some actual football? Yeah, it was good to be out here. Uh, obviously, I didn't get any games last year. Um, so last game reps were last preseason, so it's been a while. So it was good just to be out here in this environment again, out with the fans and, you know, be able to make plays against somebody other than our own team. And uh, it felt good out there, so you know, it was good to be back. How important is it for you to kind of get these snaps and prove to coaches that you have something to add to this team? Yeah, I think preseason is important for guys like me that are kind of, you know, trying to fight for a spot. Um, I think the coaches are looking for, you know, playmaking in a different environment, right? And so it's one thing if you can, you know, do what you're supposed to in, in practice and make plays in practice. But, you know, I think they want to see you make plays, you know, in, during games and see if you can do it on Sunday. So um, that's the key. Obviously not the result that the team wanted with a win or a loss against the Jets, I should say. But how do you take this and, and what do the coaches say when you go into the locker room of how to move forward? Yeah, obviously it's never fun to lose. It doesn't matter, you know, preseason or regular season. Uh, we all wanted to come out here and fight for a win today, but, you know, that didn't happen, obviously. Uh, so we got to watch the tape and see where we can improve um, and get better week by week before before the regular season gets here. Obviously, we have a unique uh, schedule with two you know, conference opponents right out the gate. So we want to make sure we're dialed in early. And so, you know, I think there was moments today where we look good, but obviously some stuff we got to clean up. And you were on the receiving side for Matt Corral, who got a lot of game time today. How did you think he did overall? Yeah, I think Matt looked good. I think he settled in the game, uh, made some plays, you know, left the pocket, scrambled when he needed to. Um, stayed in the pocket when he needed to, so I was happy for him. Obviously, you know, last year was you know tough for him, but um, love that kid. He's a fighter, and you know he's gonna be all right. And Coach Reich said that this was really just a very small portion of what this offense is gonna open up and do this season. How how small of a portion is it actually? Yeah, I mean, we got the call sheet, and there was <laughs> very little stuff on there. We wanted to just come out, run our base stuff, and just make sure that we can execute. You know the base of our base of our offense and um, we don't want to show too much right away obviously and um, so there's a lot more to come. 
I saw you in the medical tent, the blue tent, for just a minute during this game. You feeling all right tonight? Yeah, I'm feeling all right. I'll go in and, you know, see what the trainers have to say and try and work through some stuff. All right, thanks so much, Derek. Thank you. All right, Crown Legacy FC earned three points today with a 1-0 win over Huntsville City FC and clinched a spot in the MLS Next Pro Playoffs. The club makes history, earning the first playoff spot in its inaugural season, and they've got a pretty good hold on the Eastern Conference as well, sitting there with 50 points. The Crown, definitely worthy of one tonight, but we have a few more to hand out on the other side of the break. All right, and as promised, it is time to send you guys to bed on this Sunday evening with some QC crowns. Who do you got tonight? Yeah, mine's going to one of our local high school stars who made his college choice over the weekend. Take a listen. I am here with Sir Muhammad. Your final schools are Marquette, Notre Dame, Stanford, Nova, and Virginia Tech. Let the world know where you're going. I'll be going to uh, Notre Dame. Sir Muhammad Myers Park went north to join the Fighting Irish. Once his time as a Mustang wraps up, the son of NBA champ Nazir Muhammad, Sir, was a key piece in the Mustang State title run this year. He averaged 15 points, five boards, and five assists, and nearly two steals as a junior. The 6'6 guard is Notre Dame's third commit in the class of 2024. Let's go! I know you're excited about go that. Go Irish! <laughs> All right. Well, if there are two things that I would bet on if I bet. It would be the Baltimore Ravens winning a preseason game and Justin Tucker making a 60-yard field goal. Both of those things happened last night. The Ravens hold an NFL record of 24 consecutive preseason wins. Hey, that is a true August dynasty. For Grace Grill, I'm Gaming Donald. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Have a good night, y'all.